Diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up this No, 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 no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, suck no, no. You, you are. defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jabberknocker Podcast. As always, it's Nestle Mania. Alongside for the ride is JC. We are in a big week of wrestling, it seems like. There's a lot of moving parts happening here, JC. There are, but first, welcome back to Birthdays with JC, because it's a very special birthday today. Uh, one Tom Brady is now officially a, a certain age old, but he also shares a birthday with someone uh, less famous and a little more annoying. Uh, Nestlemania. That's right. Happy birthday, you bum. Thank you very much. I share a birthday with the goat, so you can create your own logic there with the, uh, that's probably the only comparison I can draw to, to Tom you Brady. You are actually a goat. He is the goat. <laughs> so I eat tin cans, but he is the greatest of all time. Uh-huh. On that note, we should probably start, before we get to the shine, there were kind of headlines we didn't talk about, and I'm curious because I haven't seen you. You've kind of been off in your uh, yachting or your- I've been floating on a lake for Floating on days. a lake, excuse me, yes. Yeah. You've been boozing it up. Probably. Um, so, Bray Wyatt gets his release yeah. through a text message, supposedly said for budgetary reasons, whether that's the actual reason or whether you think that's the reason they gave, you can make Who your knows? own- Who knows? Speculate yeah. because we don't know unless if he or some whatever, but um, obviously it was a shock, I think, to everyone because- Bray Wyatt has been one of the more unique things in WWE for like ever for a long time. Now he's obviously disappeared since WrestleMania, taking some time off for um, reasons um, that of his own accord, which is um, we've seen a lot of people do. Um, but we certainly expected around this time of year that he would come back. So seeing the headline that he got released, I didn't see it till hours later. Um, so I was I was completely shocked. I read about it out the next morning because I wasn't really in a state to read it but first of all internet shame on you you're disgusting pigs show more class don't take your anger out on other people and be horrible people that's first and foremost but second of all i think this is this is kind of the shift we've seen in wwe obviously we saw the other big shock earlier this year was the braun Strowman release because obviously he was a guy that was just the champion and was in a big spot at wrestlemania and he's a guy that all with fans coming back he's always one of the more must-see acts uh live so but it's one. It's ever since we've seen a lot. If you're a wrestling fan, you've heard the name Nick Khan come up a lot. It's and his track record seemed to be someone who comes in and cleans up the books. And that certainly seems to be the direction WWE has gone. Because people are giving like they blame Vince for this for like the past year. But oh, he's always firing people. But a few years ago, there was a big thing where Vince wouldn't fire anyone, and people were mad about that. And he would just hold on these people and not use them. And obviously, that is expensive to have quote unquote dead weight on your books when you're just paying people not to be on TV. That's bad business. So they bring in a businessman who this is literally his job. And that certainly seems to be what they're doing. Who knows what the reason was, whether it was like, look at this guy's not around and, or we need to shave this much. And this guy's not on TV. Why is he still here? It's, we don't know the injured workings of it, but it's definitely something that we're starting to see a theme is ever since this guy and his group has come in, it's run much more like a true business as opposed to a fun entertainment program with one guy just like doing whatever he wants. Kind of like what AEW is right now. It's kind of how WWE was a guy with a bunch of money, just throwing it around. 
now we've slowly seen like things about Vince selling off stock and whatever. Like who knows if they're headed to a sale, but certainly this shift in management way up the chain, these are the effects we're seeing because the budget cuts are everywhere, but this is obviously a, a big headliner. So I'm curious because our boy Ray Ray made this comment. He half jokingly said it because he doesn't like AEW, but he did say this one thing and I'm curious for a discussional point is, is Vince smart enough to just keep cutting these people because he no, actually no. wants to kill AEW and just let them keep no, paying that, these that people. That literally makes zero sense. Okay. I love you, Ray, Ray, but that literally makes no sense. Like that's not, no, there's like negative 0% chance. Okay. It's just, it's, no, it's, it's definitely like this, this team, they're just cleaning up their books and um, their books obviously got heavy because like we said, like they didn't really fire anyone for a long time. So you have just this backlog of talent. And it's one of those things, uh, my boy, Tyler Breeze uh, said it on Twitter. He's like, look at man. He's like, you sign a contract and you get paid whether they use you or not. So it is what it is. Like it's, you know, so it's, it's a tough situation. Obviously he's been a guy that was heavily used and not really used at all. Then kind of used and floated back down to NXT to get used a little bit. So it's, it's something that we've always seen in this business, but obviously when it comes to a name like a Bray Wyatt or a Braun Strowman, or even like we saw Ric Flair, he allegedly requested his release. He has been released from WWE because he wasn't on a Legends deal. He was obviously supposed to be heavily featured in a WrestleMania feud between Charlotte and Lacey before Lacey uh, got pregnant. So that's interesting. I'm sure he'll for sure pop up in AEW. I don't know what's going to happen with Bray. It's also one of those things with Bray that, I wouldn't say he's done with WWE. I don't think that door, it's just like the same thing. We saw like a month after Braun being gone, they're considering bringing him back. Like sometimes it's like, you know what you, they do this. Cause they're like, they're like, okay, we're going to call you on your bluff. We're going to offer you another contract in a few months. If you don't go elsewhere and you can take it or leave it, you know, it's, it's negotiating. You see it all the time, but it's certainly like, it's sad. Cause we all love Bray Wyatt. I made it my hope a couple of weeks ago that he would come back soon because I want him on TV. I love The Fiend. I love Bray Wyatt. I love everything about him. He's such a unique act, but who knows what's going to happen. I, I, I'm curious because this isn't my original thought, obviously. So I, it was something I saw on YouTube from, I think it was called Wrestle Juice on YouTube. Go check him out there. The guys, he also does Going In Raw with his, with his buddy podcasting. He's got a lot of interesting things. And he, 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 he specifically said one thing that made me kind of sit there and think about this. He thinks that this is his, his logic, and I'm curious. He's thinking about it as they're trying to get away from certain people that get booked in situations where they can't win, they can't lose, the kind of whatever. Like a Braun. You can't really beat him very much, otherwise you forget that he cares. You can't really beat, you know, a, 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 a Bray Wyatt unless it's some kind of weird chicanery. So you're, you're trying, I think they're, they're moving into a situation where literally you either have to be able to play a babyface, you have to play a heel, and you can win and lose no matter what. There's nothing special about you in certain aspects. And that you have to be able to kind of have that. The only counter argument I have is you have Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley who don't really lose. Sure, it's, but that's a specific reason yes, for a championship. The champion, but yeah. I just, it's it's such a stupid thing because we've always seen that in wrestling. And that's what makes it always a big deal is when someone eventually wins. But if this, that's really their approach is like, we're going to 50-50 book everyone. Like, it's not interesting. Like, look at the example of literally them calling up Karrion Cross, a guy that made him. And now he's just not. It's like we're already so uninterested in him and he just debuted just because they're like not making him feel special. Like there's obviously a lot of other factors and just like the wins and losses, but it's, that's such a broken thing. The reason why I think AEW kind of works so well is they pad those stats like crazy. Cause they send these guys on dark, they beat local talent. So when you see a matchup between like a, say a Miro and like a Cody, you look at their records and you're like, Whoa, 
And it's obviously all fake and manufactured, but it makes sense when you're trying to do a sport. Whereas if WWE kept records, you'd be looking, oh, The Miz, he's 1-35, but he just won the WWE title because of money. In the-. It's just like, it doesn't. And so when you're watching that week to week, even though they don't keep track of the stats, like you'd be like, oh, this person just lost. Like, oh, this, I remember this person's lost like three matches in a row, or these guys just keep going back and forth. Whereas, uh, fun fact, Damian Priest never lost a singles match on Raw. That's pretty special. Good job. Do more of that stuff when you have someone coming in. Like, it's... Because it's it just, I don't know, it's whatever they're doing isn't working in terms of the competitive nature for it because no one ever feels like they're truly a contender. And that's why WWE is literally hamstrung themselves where it's like, to be a contender, you have to beat the champion. Well, your champion shouldn't be taking L's most of the time in most situations. So it's, I don't know, I think they got themselves in a tough pickle booking-wise. And apparently, uh, if you believe the rumor mill, that's what Ric Flair thought. He told Vince, I hate your booking, fire me. <laughs> Not in those so, words, so Brock Lesnar said a, a certain quote about I shouldn't be on I shouldn't be taking L's if you I'm shouldn't, a champion. Yeah, I agree with him, and that's that's a very interesting point because you look at it and you think, okay, like yeah, you know, obviously for certain situations and certain stories it might make sense, I guess. Like if you look at the Nikki Ash story, I think it makes a lot of sense. But otherwise, you know, there's a reason why Lashley only fights when Lashley wants to fight. There's if, a reason why Roman Reigns wants yeah. to fight when he wants to fight. If you pin a champion in a one-on-one match, you should be champion. Mm-hmm. that's just why in a fight like that's how every other promotion is you don't have exhibition matches sure. where it's like oh logan paul jokingly beat floyd mayweather i guess he wins one of his championships you know obviously it didn't happen just an example but it's just like that's not that's not how it works like and that's what waters it down and wwe's product is so watered down with the way they do things it's just it makes it uninteresting it's a shame because they have a lot of really talented people and it a is, lot of good ideas that get wasted it is it's very hard because there's a lot of things that, that are different from a ufc or from a different boxing standpoint where like we talked about this before before you can't just have the this, you know, the champion not be on tv yeah but you can't have him wrestling either because you want to make him special so what do you do in the meantime right what do you do, you do what AEW does i mean they, i don't think they do omega great but like it's like you do little backstage segments or hey Miro's on vacation for three weeks. Here's three different awesome fucking 60-minute vignettes that he put together of him talking about killing people before he comes back to annihilate Lee Johnson on Wednesday night. But it's just like, there's so many different ways you can do it. And here's also the thing. You're a weekly TV show. And yes, I know you're back in front of the live crowds, but like if someone has like this week on Raw, AJ Styles wasn't there. It was fine the way they did it. It didn't take away from it because of the what they did. But it's just like, I feel like just like by default, they're like, okay, well, for example, and this people get sick of it for this reason, Charlotte needs to have a promo in the rain. She needs a backstage segment. And then she needs to have a match. Hell, sometimes we'll get for two matches just because I feel like she has to be there. It's like, that's how you make things less special. It's like, Charlotte should fight like once every three weeks, like an actual thing, because then it'll be like, this is the thing. And if, obviously I get it. If you're in front of a live crowd, that's what fucking dark matches are for. Oh my God, I want to see Roman Reigns wrestle, and John Cena wrestle. Well, you get to watch him in a six-man dark match after the main event, which will be fun because it's in front of a live crowd and they'll mess around. So it just, it's the way they do TV, I think is so broken right now. SmackDown, I think does a little better a job because they're closer to the AEW and NXT method, but even still like that, we get a lot of the same things every week. So, all right. Well, that's a good point. Anyway, we should probably get into the shine. The most important part of the program. You'll always be in my shine. Mandy always in the shine. WrestleMania. Here's the thing. My shine for the most part is SmackDown because that show, I watched it when I got home on Monday and it was a joy to watch. I barely fast forward any of it. I just, that show is always fun. Even when it's like little like lamer, it's so fun. Whereas Raw last night, I was halfway through and I wanted nothing more than to go to bed. I suffered through it. So we're going to start on SmackDown. And you know what? Nestlemania, they continue to make Sad Sack Baron Corbin so much fun. I love the way they integrated all this. Obviously, Cena comes out, does his Cena thing, like the 
you know, people say he has a five moons of doom, but he pretty much has a five lines of doom. It's the same promo every time, but it works because he's Cena. But Corbin interrupting him, asking for help, was just so funny because it's just like so pathetic. And he's like, "Put me in your movie, The Suicide Squad." And she was like, "Well, we already taped." He's like, "Put me in the sequel." It's just like that stuff was so fun. And obviously, eventually, you knew where this is headed when Cena's like, "Well, I can give you something." And you're like, "Oh, it's gonna be an attitude adjustment." It was, and it worked perfectly. But WrestleMania. That only led to what would be magical later in the night because obviously the reason Cena was upset is they started to say Finn Balor and Roman Reigns would be signing a contract right. for a universal title match. And I was thinking, how are they going to pull this off? I'm like, because you know somehow it's going to be Cena. Is he going to get his name on the contract? Well, it wasn't that cut and dry, which I loved. They brought back the Corbin thing and he came out trying to hide like complete desperation. Like that's why this Corbin storyline is so awesome because every single moves he makes is if you were truly in this situation, this is shit you would try. And he's already like a shithead, like whatever. It just, everything about it makes sense. The execution of it was so good with Roman just like undressing Finn Balor and Balor just trying to play it cool. Be like, just sign the fucking thing. I know you think I'm not a contender or whatever, but I'll take my match. And then Corbin like running out. Woo, 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 woo. But Cena coming out and stealing it, just like it was, it was beautifully done. It was a little weird for me because I thought it was, it felt a little bit like a shell game in, in a way where it was just like we had to get this to that. But they did, they did tie it all together. It made had, sense because he had the well, desperate man, John. I got to do desperate things, and then he did it. So that that I can forgive and that that I enjoyed. But now it just feels like Finn Balor is just like kind of fucked in a way where it's like I know that's what they wanted. Yeah. But I also feel like he gets to beat up Corbin. Next right. Week. He's gonna beat up Corbin in like three minutes flat. But then it goes to a point of now what does Finn Balor do for SummerSlam? What, you know, do we just, is was it never, like, I'm sure he doesn't care. He's getting paid either way, but like, it's just like, okay, like, but don't you think this is a good thing because we talk about WWE. It's always just very one-on-one. I like when there are other people, like other contenders involved. It's kind of like Kofi before he got his shot was lurking for a few months around Bobby and Drew. It just, it gives an extra dimension where Finn's just kind of lurking. Like he's going to get his shot at some point, but does he have to wait? Does he get shoehorned? Which I think is unlikely because I don't think he's Daniel Bryan. There's only one Daniel Bryan who can shoehorn himself in. But it's just, it's, I like kind of having those contenders like lurking around because I think it just makes the championship feel that much more special and prestigious because people actually want it. Well, it should be the main goal, right? Exactly. Should, that's what it and should feel like. And that's what's so frustrating about wrestling. When I watch Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre fight for five months, why is no one coming out being like, where the fuck is my chance? This stupid, ugly-ass Scotsman and his fucking schlawny <laughs> sword keeps getting chances and I have to sit in the back fucking doing woo! 24-7 title. It's true. Very true. But again, you were right. Uh, you know, that the contract signing was really good. And now we're set. We're set for Cena and Roman Reigns, which we know the rest of well, I think it's like three weeks away or something like that. Yeah. So it's a big deal that these last two weeks are going to, I mean, they're kind of already sold it on us. So there's nothing really else they can do. I'm sure they're going to spar and they're going to say certain things. But here's, here's something that I wanted to say. And I'm curious how you feel about it. Cause I'm going to lay out something. And I, I'm, this is, this is why I think certain things work better in WWE. If you've looked, Roman Reigns and John Cena have not touched each other. For the most part, Bobby Lashley and Goldberg haven't really touched each other. That's how it should be. But then there's Edge and there's there's Seth Rollins who just already beat the then shit out of each other. Then every there's week. Charlotte and Nikki Ash yeah, who wrestled being, 15 times. Right. So then you get to, to but here's the thing. Like I, here's here's my argument is I'm I'm very excited for Edge and 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 Seth Rollins for certain reasons. Yeah. But I think having them touch each other as much as they do with this hospitalization or attacking each other. It has to lead to a gimmick. Yeah, it has to lead to something specific. Or if it's just a match, I'm not going to care. But the other two matches, it's like, this is is blue balls. This is the anticipation of what's going to happen. And those are what make great matches to me. Because the minute they touch, 
the minute they touch, it's already ruined the main event for me. Hundred percent. I'm with and that, you. That's how. So I've watched it, and I thought about it yesterday when they brought out. And this isn't necessarily a, a shine specifically, but Goldberg's kid. That whole thing that went down. But MVP took it instead of Bobby for a certain reason, and I went, yes. "This is what they're doing. They're making me wait." Yes, it was bad for the most part, in my opinion. Yeah. But that particular portion, they went out of their way to do correctly. It's good booking. The execution involves Goldberg, so it's not good execution, but good booking. Yeah, Rare, absolutely. Rare case of good booking on Raw. But Nestlemania, I might shock you where I'm going to go next. Oh, boy. I hope it's a doll. Because, no, not <laughs> even close. This, for the last couple weeks, has been such a breath of fresh air, and I'm really having fun with it. And I think he's one of my favorite baby faces on the company right now. I'm talking about Reginald, who is now going by Reggie. I can't tell you how much of a fun ride I had watching SmackDown with that. With the Alpha, first of all, the Alpha Academy music is super hot fire. Like I, I don't think I've ever heard it that long, but it's so good and so fitting for them. Like I love them as a package, the way they're starting to bring it together. But there's something about Reginald. And like you can tell that Vince has liked this guy since the beginning. The fact that he got hot shotted up and he was immediately put with like a top woman's feud and he's always been around. And now it's just like, how do you let this guy just go out there? Because you watch him, it's kind of like the ricochet thing where it's like no one it's Nels does what this guy does. No one like he's a Cirque du Soleil guy. So he literally like the thing that flip in the rain, it's this is what Sinkara should have been. Like, well, I don't know about well, that. Well, no, I mean in terms of like the the entrance the, specifically. Yeah, the, like the entrance and like the the showman of like the <gasps> the whoa, like the the just those moments because it's just he does things where it's just like you just can't help but watch. And he's a lot of fun. I think he's very likable. He like he just he has a great like look to him. His smile. He's unique. Like I I just I've had a lot of fun with it. Even on Raw, as simple as it was, like with the Tazawa thing, which whatever. But it's just ninja like, power for a title that we hate. Yeah. He is really making the most of it and using it effectively. And it's a lot of, and everything he does makes sense. And as of this time being, it's one of the more enjoyable things. And I kind of thought it was like, a, it was cool to see it on SmackDown because obviously you interact with different people. So I'm curious if that's going to be like on both brands going forward. I was shocked he was on both shows. Yeah. Like for me, when Vince I thought about loves it. loves this guy. You can tell. You can tell because he was on both shows. And again, they don't normally do that anymore. I mean, Natty and Tamina will make both shows because they have the title or whatever. But when I, when I thought, wow, they're really going hardcore. And then, of course, on, on Monday Night Raw, he had his promo where he goes, I'm Reggie now. Yeah. And I, all I could think about was it drove me insane on SmackDown when he had a promo and they just dropped his accent without saying anything. Yeah. That bothers me. Like, at least, at least on Kofi's Monday. Just tweet. Yeah. I was just like. <laughs> I feel lied to. Reginald's not French. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kofi's good for a lot of things. Ugh. He's just so funny. But no, it's just, I just, I, I laughed because all I could think about was like, you know, the swagger dropping the, the you know, the Thuffer and Thuckatash thing. And then it's just. Then, you know, Kofi Lana's dropping accent. Lana's accent, Kofi's accent, all these people. It was just, they never really call attention to it. Like at least on Monday, Apollo Crews getting an accent. Yeah, getting an accent. I don't know how you catch an accent, but whatever, it's fine. It's just, it was weird to me. And there's like, I'm Reggie now. Like I needed to be the sommelier. I'm still calling him Reginald. I love that name so much. Like Reggie's fine, but like yeah. Reginald is such a, such a fun name to say. Yeah. I don't know how I not call him Reginald. Fun fact. When I had a backyard wrestling fed, we started every show with Reginald Fairfield and Harry Zamboni. And Reginald Fairfield was our buddy Tough Talk Tony Spencer. And uh, Harry Zamboni was a Scotsman, which was our boy Trav. They would preview the entire card and make fun of it before we played. I love it. It was ridiculous. But anyway, Reginald is a great name, by the way. Also, that was a name in Boy Meets World, but nobody needs to know that fact. Anyway, but I, I think Reginald's got a... I don't know how much of a higher ceiling he can go, 
but it's it's definitely an entertainment. It's a it's a palate cleanse in the variety show that is wrestling. Yeah, it's something. It's literally the bottom of the card, but at least the bottom of the card is fun now. It doesn't feel like a waste of time, and I can uh, go somewhere else when I have to go to the bathroom because I want to stay for that. But there's uh, plenty of things you can do that. Yeah, WrestleMania. I'm assuming this is probably going to be your favorite part of Raw too, but uh, I can't tell you how much fun I have with the drip drip puns. <laughs> Like, it is incredible how he, every week he has, like, seven new puns. Like, he just won. And I'm like, there. He already got it. And he just keeps going. Like, what was it? The Museum of uh, Moisten uh, or something? Yeah. Oh, so I, Moisture I or something like that. I yeah. fucking love Like, they're just, they're so good. They're so good. Like, like, he doesn't even, like, The Miz is always doing The Miz things. But right now, Drip Drip's a star. Like, every time he talks, I laugh. Like, it's literally so funny. And just, like, his facial, like... These guys are knocking it out of the park. Like, obviously, we've seen them with Priest so much. But the fact that they could, like, hey, we feud with these guys for three months. But they can bring back that segment. And it can still be a ton of fun. I thought was fantastic. Obviously, Priest, it was a singles match. So, he got another win. But just that, like, Miz being like, you taking advantage of injured people. <laughs> just, like, it's so funny. Uh, just, like, I really am enjoying this. I do want to say, because uh, I really thought that this was going to be derailed when they started the CM Punk chance. And you could tell Damian Priest hasn't really been in front of big crowds like this up until recently, because obviously he's been around without crowds. So you could see it, like, kind of for, like, for about five seconds. It was like, oh, fuck, he's going to fall apart. But he rallied through, so I was good. I'm like, this is a good moment for him, because to be, like, a, a really good baby face like that, you're going to face adversity like this with some of these, like, marquee crowds like Chicago. So I think that was a big moment for him to get through that. And I'm glad that the Miz and Morrison are out there with him and they kind of let him just do it himself. Because a lot of the times, we've, how many people have over the years have we seen the Miz save in those situations? I think by not saving him here, it, it really helped him. But that was just like a little thing that I noticed I thought was cool. But obviously then we get Sheamus runs out and then pew, 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 yeah, well, ricochet. The, There's your comeback. You should no, get ricochet. No, I'm not going to gonna give my comeback to, to him because here's the difference. Because it went to a tag match. It went to a tag match. That was already like, so that's the thing that just threw me for a loop was like, this was, I love the Miz TV thing. I thought Priest did a good job, especially where he said, yeah, at least I can give props to Sheamus for being a tough son of a bitch on like you two. Thought that was wonderful. And then of course, like the one thing that I thought was amazing during the first part of the match was just Miz getting drilled with a dripstick. Like I thought that was, <laughs> that was awesome. Great. Like in the fact that he was like appalled, but also upset and yep. like just everything he could be. He sold it. He did a great job. And then of course the, the match was fun in general, but then that tag match happened. And all I could think about was, well, this means nothing. This uh, means absolutely you know nothing what? to Anytime, me. Anytime anything with Ricochet in it, it means but here's, nothing here's to me. the thing, right? I love that, Here, man. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Ricochet and Sheamus didn't matter because they were both outside the ring, and the same result happened where yeah. Priest won again against Jomo. Yeah. So it just felt like a, it was a stretch. This the match is, could have been longer. I don't remember the last time that I've seen someone book this strong for like a mid-card run in a long time than how they've handled Damian Priest. I think they've done a great job because, as we've said, we've been we were never really fans of him. Even NXT when he got a push. It wasn't anyone. But I think his main roster run has been a lot of fun. And I've become a fan of this guy. Like, I actually enjoy him. I never thought he'd be a good babyface either. Like, the way this guy, like, looks and talks and acts. Like, there's nothing really babyface about him. But the fact that it's working, it's like, I think it's a credit to him and the way they booked him. Where it's like, every now and then, you're like, man, they really can't do these things right. It's like, it's amazing how bad they can drop the ball with others. But this is just a random guy in the mid card from NXT. And they've been knocking it out of the park. I think him and Riddle are two of the best booked guys they've had in a long time. Yeah, Riddle did a great job this week too, but yeah. I mean, it's just, there's so many things that uh, are just amazing about Raw and SmackDown specifically. I mean, I, I really didn't have too much in my shine specifically. Yeah, I'm done, that's it. You're done? Okay. Yeah. Then we, we can move on because I think there's a couple of things that we should probably get in, into. <laughs> get him off my TV, get him off my TV, get him off my TV. And uh, I don't know where to start, but we'll start with Goldberg because it seems like the low-hanging fruit. 
Um, so Goldberg comes out eventually, and he cuts what I think is probably the longest promo of his life. I don't even. I that, that it was. Yeah. It was all garbage. It didn't mean anything. And of course, his son's gauge, you know, out there on the the corner and whatever. And all I could think about was like five years ago, he was just like little shit. I know. And now he looks like a fucking like asshole lacrosse player from high school. That's what happens. They grow up, Nestle. I know. I'm I'm nervous. But he looked <laughs> he looked like a little entitled prick. Like he wasn't afraid of Bobby or MVP or anything. And I'm just like, I get it. Your dad's fucking Goldberg. But Jesus Christ, you know. But anyway, so that whole thing fucking happens. Where, but here's the thing that that really threw me for a fucking loop. You have this whole thing where Bobby's like saying, I'm not going to say yes. I'm not going to say yes. Goldberg comes out and cuts his fucking promo as if he's already in SummerSlam. Yeah. And he's just like, look, like I'll see you at SummerSlam and walk the fuck away. He's like, and then of course, later in the hour, top of the hour, he says, yeah, I'll fucking fight you. It's because he took out his boy. He went after no, his I boy. Under- I understand yeah. the Bobby logic, but I just felt like that, it was, it was yeah. little things they missed on that. But that's always very Goldberg. He's just assuming because the, the one he's thing, a dummy. They at least didn't, Lashley didn't confirm the match was happening there and they didn't advertise until he said it. It was he, bizarre. Yeah. It was very just, bizarre. And of course, I like, didn't enjoy the segment. I enjoy MVP and Lashley, everything they do, because I just, their presentation is one of the best in the company right now. But just anything Goldberg touches after his music stops is literally the drizzling <laughs> Well, they booed him and then they started chanting him. It was they, very bizarre. Literally, Nestlemania. We, I've talked about this yeah. the last few weeks. I fucking see his name and I get mad. Then the music plays and I'm like, go. Yeah, you, yeah. It's like a trance. Yeah. It's a trance. It's one of those, like, what do they do? I can't remember the name, but like they used to play like hidden tracks underneath music to tell you to, to yeah. buy something. Yeah. It might as well be Goldberg. That's what it is. You got to buy Goldberg. Yeah. You know, you will like Goldberg. You will like Goldberg. It's, it's Goldberg. literally like clockwork. It, because it was, they were booing the fuck out of him. It's Chicago too, which is a very hard town to be liked in. Because yeah. that crowd is a hardcore pro wrestling, t- you know, town. But even they cannot escape the Goldberg song. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous, folks. Uh, something that I also didn't really enjoy, Shanky and Veer almost dying by a schlongy sword. Say that five times fast. So I will say this, because I was so fucking bored because Drew McIntyre was on my screen. But the visual of him going in the ring with the sword was actually pretty cool. Because it's like, is he going to use it? Obviously not. No, he's not. It's just like, that was the only good part of that segment. Because the rest, like, I don't give a fuck. What did I tell you when this feud started? I'm like, how soon before McIntyre faces the two of them and fucking beats them up? Because, you know, you got these two big guys that are supposed to be intimidating. goons. You send out Schlonny Boy and fucking Squish Squashy Squash. A lot of S's with Schlonny Schlonny Squash. Schlonny Squish Squash. That's what I'm going to call him. Squish Squash. But yeah, no, it's just, I I hope Jinder fucking beats him in two seconds. There was going to happen. This is going to be fucking Claymore, Claymore, three, two, one, War. Look at my schlong. Yeah. Uh, here's something that I really wanted to ask. Like, so he does the sword thing, which, in my opinion, is very dangerous, right? Like, obviously, he's not going to do anything, but I would have liked to see him put the sword up to somebody's chin or so, just something. Like, I know he probably couldn't, but like, <sighs> it, it, it didn't. That's risky. It just it seems like, or at least missing like stab the the mat I or something. I think he's going to you know use I mean? it at SummerSlam. I think there the, needs the to be the fact that they teased it like. I don't know how they're like how they're gonna do like maybe like he's laying on a table and he chops the table. Sure, like, that's fine. I, I have a feeling that that is gonna come. The fact that they're using it as part of the feud, I it's gonna come into play. I think somehow. I would I, I would even go so far. It's not gonna happen, but I would love to see Jinder Mahal beheaded. Just, no, no, Jesus Christ, <laughs> you go way too extreme. I was gonna say they just lay out his hair and chop his hair off, but you gotta be really precise for that. Like just chop off Max's hair, It'd be fucking hysterical. Not gonna fucking happen, of course. But anyway, so. So it's just, it is what it is. It, we're kind of stuck in this weird Jinder Mahal, Mac vortex. They're, they're giving him a moment at SummerSlam and he does deserve it. I'm just glad he's away from the title. I just, I still think he needs a break. It's, but it's something odd. The guy I, likes to work. Can't blame him for that. You know, 
it's something odd that he names a schlongy sword after his, you know, his mother, which I thought was a very nice tribute, but it was just, you can't help but one. be weird. It just, it's bizarre. That's I all. I ain't touching that one. Also, very quickly, he said in a promo, this is, this is why I hate Drew McIntyre promos. He said, Jinder, you're either going to the hospital, the graveyard, or you're going to meet the sword. And all I could think about was, motherfucker, if he stabbed him with a sword, he's going to die in a graveyard or he's going to a fucking hospital. So what you just said Probably was more likely redundant. <laughs> Like fucking he's gonna whatever. Go to all three, yeah. yeah, he's gonna go to all three. Like what, this made no fucking hey, sense. At least he didn't give us a history lesson this week. I think he finally has gone on to something. But if he starts getting talking about like sexual innuendos about his sword, then I'm gonna be really uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, at least he didn't try to fucking like write in the Simone Biles situation. Oh, there you go. Up. What a segment. What a segue to Ooh, that segment. Anyway, that so that was that was anytime someone has to go pop culture. And this, this is like in general, not even in a promo. Like I promise you, I'm gonna get to the point. It's just like why, like why are you even doing like. Charlotte probably got this script and has been like, no wonder my dad quit. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Like, like that was that was just I'm just I'm like, I'm like, how are they gonna spin this? And why is do they think this is a good idea with like how I don't know. It just it's yeah. the message of it obviously wasn't bad. It's just I just I don't think it was something that needed to be used in that situation because Charlotte is literally a heat magnet when she walks out there. You don't need to I don't know. It just it's not it wasn't good. And then, of course, the one the one positive I will say is that, and she's always been good at this as a heel, is like anytime ch- like Becky chants or something start, there aren't too many people better than her at fucking using it to her advantage. Because like a lot of people like, you know, Priest just talked right through it. But then there's people like The Miz or Jericho who immediately use it. Charlotte's one of those people. And I that's why one of the reasons why I always, like as much as we give her shit and enjoy her, like there's things about her like, when she's dialed in, man, like she's good. But this week it was just like that was that was rough, and it's just the overuse. But I, that was the one good thing. And then of course you get to the main event, and uh, you know my hope bloom got bubbled <laughs> after one week because the almost a superhero got the win. So now the underdog dream is out. Like I just I don't know. It's it's the way they're booking this triple threat is just so confusing. And then Rhea's so over, which I think is great for Rhea because she deserves it, but she's just kind of there. So I don't probably the the, the feud really isn't between. The yeah. three of them is but between the Charlotte and Nikki. The problem is, like, if Nikki pins Rhea at SummerSlam, then Charlotte still won a shot, and, like, this will be, like, the 18th time they fought. So it's like, I I hope we get to the point where at SummerSlam, Nikki pins Charlotte, and then maybe we move on to a Nikki-Rhea because the rest of the Raw Women's division is not being set up like contenders because Shania Payne, like, they're just fucking taking pins left and right. Like, the, them looking dominant, those dreams are dead right now. And then Alexa and Eva are in their own little world. So, yeah. I don't know. It is it is very difficult. I will Raw say this Women's much. division is rough after. I will say this much. At least they made the co- the combination of or the connection rather that they did the Simone Biles thing, and then she had like a nervous breakdown after losing, and like during yeah. the match she started to. So all I could think about was the logical standpoint would be next week that she she doesn't wrestle because of like, she refuses to yeah. show up and like maybe she doesn't want to compete in SummerSlam. Yeah, but then exactly. Shows up at the last exactly. Yeah. That 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 would make the the whole that makes the, booking sense. Yeah. but and that way you get a couple of weeks of Rhea and Nikki, and then it's a whole Nikki and Rhea yeah. story, which I think they could do, and I think it would make a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm still not in love with it. No, but I mean sometimes you just yeah get to suck it up, Buttercup, as they say. Yeah, not good. Not good, Bob. Don't tell me to accept pain. Don't accept me to accept like, pain. Like asking me to accept Tamina beating someone on Raw. And now the fact that Natty, uh, I'm assuming he's going to be out for a while and they're not. And Tamina is <laughs> going to be defending those titles by herself. Or, actually, I have a hope now. <laughs> I have or, a hope. I'm, I'm going to hold this. You All can right. talk about Ethan Bliss if you want. But, so uh, let's talk I have about Tamina that. hope for the first time in the history of this I podcast. I can't wait to listen to this. 
Uh, so here's something that we would talk about. So Dewdrop was doing her due diligence. Say that five times fast. And then so they have the match. Of course, uh, you know, Alexa Bliss says the loser of the match, Eva Marie. And then, of course, later, Alexa was making fun of her in the playground. She got jumped by Dewdrop. And then, of course, they made fun of the doll. And then, of course, this was the part that I'm curious because all I could think about was you, JC, when I saw this. The doll, the fucking doll stood up. Like they undertakered the doll. Fucking With puppet. fucking wires and fucking shit. Puppet. I just like. I, I I this feud as fucking cringe as it is. That's why it's good because every like that's the beauty of Eva Marie is, is she's the most cringe thing in the history of the world. That and it's somehow just like I I still want to watch it. Like it's it's like bad TV. You can't get away with it. It's like this show has 0.1 stars yet it has a million gajillion views because it's so bad. It's good. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna call this good, but. You almost the did. Eva the Eva Bliss thing like this is again like I said before if there's anyone to feud with a doll it's fucking Eva Marie yeah so it at least like it's watchable um I'm gonna hate the fucking doll no matter what happens and people are gonna hate Eva no matter what happens so when you put it together you get Captain we all hate everything but it's good Vortex Land but yeah no uh, I could have done without the doll standing up but it's I mean it is what it is like I I I fought a doll and I lost it is what it is. How much do you hate this doll? Like, is I, it on the top five all time? It's just like, I see it and I'm, I immediately like be like, oh, this is stupid. But I mean, like, are there things that you can think of in wrestling that you're like, you hated more than the doll? Retribution. <laughs> okay. That's the that most recent pretty, example. Okay, that's fine. So the not, so uh, the listeners of the Jobber Knocker, lend me your ears. We need to that karaoke fund, segment. Yeah, we need to crowdfund a purchase of this Lily doll for JC yeah, to have you, in his apartment. I, okay, okay. So here's the other thing. Dolls, the doll's fucking creepy. Okay. Like if that thing was, I couldn't keep it around. Cause like if I saw, if I woke up in the morning and that was the first thing I saw, I'd probably jump out my window. Like, I don't know. I don't, the dolls are fucking creepy. Like that's the thing like that. Like the Chucky movies. Like I, I love Chucky. Though. I love horror movies, but yeah. anything with like horror dolls. Like I don't like that. No, no, no. That's, I don't know. You should see weird. the doll maker. You would love that movie in that franchise. No, no dolls. No dolls. dolls. There's keep great. the fucking dolls, dolls and needles. Keep them away from me. Needles and dolls. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. All right, on that note, we'll move on to something else that was... So here's something I wanted to bring up very quickly that I thought was bullshit, specifically. Actually, you know what? I'll save that because I think you're going to talk about that. But I will say, something that I really, 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 really disliked was... So they have Retribution come out, or T-Bar and Maze come out, and they fucking lose to... Ali was over, I know, but it's like, he's in his hometown, he's got to fucking lose. It seems like it's always the fucking way. WWE is the complete opposite yeah. of AEW and NXT, where they always win in their hometowns. Well, guess what? If you're in WWE, you lose in your hometown. I, he was Even so, Charlotte loses in Charlotte, North Carolina. He was so over. It was ridiculous. And he, he acted like he had been there before. He acted like a professional. He didn't, like pander this to the was, crowd or anything like I, that when this when he came out like this i actually like i smiled because this was babyface ali from a few years ago when he was underappreciated and doing awesome things on 205 live but like it just like seeing like his smile and his beaming and like him doing babyface things it was like this is why we fell in love with this guy because he's like the heart and soul thing with him and cedric these motherfuckers are so likable now they're like these assholes on raw which is actually kind of hilarious but it just was kind of cool for that little throwback. And that's the cool thing about having crowds back is you get moments like these that they're devices where you can use. Cause I didn't love this segment this week. Um, but I also like knowing where this was going, I fully expected Mason T bar to win. And I think they needed a win obviously. But, um, I honestly, the fact that, um, Mansoor took the loss, I think was important, but what can obviously after the match, like, 
Ali is he pretty much a full babyface now because he literally sacrificed himself for Mansoor, which I didn't think it would happen this quick, but I think the fact that it was in Chicago, they probably felt like they had to do it, which is why it might feel a little rushed and why this probably wasn't our shine this week. But this is still something that I'm interested in because I think these two guys can be such a feel-good tag team if they continue to build it correctly that we want to root for to actually see win the titles. So that that, that was very important because he saw that Mansoor was going to take that big choke slam and he yeah. just rolled his eyes and said, ah, screw it, I'll yeah. take it. Which was a great sign of being, you know, I'm in that whole thing. Um, so it's just, it's hard because. This is a tough one because yeah. like, I didn't outright hate it, but I also like there was a million flaws in it. Yeah. But this is something where it's like, I'm, I'm paying attention. Like when this, I'm like when I was watching Raw last night, I was like, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I don't want to watch this Charlotte. Pearl. I don't watch this, but I'm like, I want to see Mansoor and Ali. Mm-hmm. And when it came on, I got excited and it's like. It's fun. It's like that in Reginald. Like I want to see these these guys, which is fucking hilarious. The bottom of the card, what I'm most yeah. excited for. But those are kind of the things that Raw has been missing. So I'm glad that we're getting more of these C and D list storylines because on a three hour show, it's amazing you don't have them. But I just, I still, I'm still in on this feud. But it definitely wasn't a, a, an up this week. It was more of a down. That's a good point. Very much a good point. Is there anything else you have in your heat specifically? I mean, we can just mention it. But <laughs> we had a rerun of Keith Lee and Karrion Cross, but this time Keith Lee won. Um, and so they're back to the ways of, of carrying cross losing because this is what they should have done from the beginning. They're just, they're just, well, they're just, I think it's one of these things. They just, panicked. They panicked. No, is they're what 50 they did. 50 booking. No, they're panicked. Cross and Keith Lee because they don't know what to do with either one of them. Like, it's, these are clearly guys that. that, like, I think Vince really likes both these guys, but he doesn't know what to do with them because right now he has Goldberg obviously going for one title and Priest going for the other who he's trying to push. So he has these two other guys. He doesn't know what to do with. So he's like, yeah, we'll put them together. And he just like, they literally don't know how to book it. They don't know how to book it. And especially, they did make a little, like, a couple nuances to cross his entrance this week. Still fucking sucked. Like, that's the thing. It's like, he comes out and he looks like the most generic wrestler ever. And he's trying to growl at me. I'm not intimidated. And that's, it's literally, it's, until they fix that, I, there's nothing he can do that'll make me buy in. No matter what they do, they can have the best right in the world, which they don't. Even if they did, the fact that you stripped this guy of what, like, got him here... I still can't get over that. I don't See, I think you're wrong about that only because I think that the thing is, is like, yes, I know that he, See, here's what I think happened if I had to guess. And obviously everybody's going to say, Nestle, you're wrong anyway. I don't, fuck you. I don't care. But here's the thing. So Hardy beat him. Everybody fucking, you know, had their panties in a bunch, which we thought was hilarious. Again, I said that I didn't mind that result. I just. No, 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 no. I'm yeah. just saying Hardy was probably supposed to beat him again. Their price was face at SummerSlam. And, yeah. And then so COVID happened with him and that's the whole thing. Yeah. He's gone for a couple of weeks. So then they had that random, like, okay, adrenaline shot. Let's get Keith Lee in there. Then he beat Keith Lee because it was like, well, which one do we service right now? Let's get him back on track. You know, and then it was just like, ah, fuck. You know what? Maybe we like that storyline again. And I know that makes no goddamn sense, but I think we have to get through this for him to start losing again so that he can really be a sad sack kind of thing. And then he starts to snap. He gets the, he gets the entrance. He gets the Scarlet. I think once Scarlet comes in, it's like a, but she's going to heal all the wounds. I, I agree with that, but here's, yeah. the, here's the problem. And I think I feel like you've asked me this several times like in the past years of this podcast. Are they going to do so much damage though that we're not going to care? Because there are some people where it's like I think they're invincible because they're just so likable. This guy's the opposite. These, like Most people just don't like it on TV. I like this guy and his presentation. I think he could have a big future, but I think it's just like the fact that you're doing a guy dirty that you already need to give a little extra because he's not there yet. It just, I think that we might not care by the time it happens. Cause I think maybe the idea was that with the, he was going to feud with Harry and then at SummerSlam, they were going to debut the cool Scarlet entrance at SummerSlam, which they still might do. But obviously without the Hardy storyline, it kind of rings hollow, but I don't, it just, I don't know if by the time we get to that point, it's, if it's going to be, I don't know. It, it comes down to the fact that like, why is this guy called up right now? 
Like I think it's no because reason. there's no reason for him to be. They could like they could have just like let this guy finish his run at NXT. Let him finish his seasoning. Bring him up in the Royal Rumble, make him a big deal then, because they're gonna, they're going to do that eventually. But then like, you would complain that he would have nothing to do from Royal Rumble to, to WrestleMania. He wouldn't yeah, have he would a feature spot. If that guy debuted, he would have been on the pregame. He would have won the fucking comes, battle royal. That's what he would have done. If he if he has a good show in the Rumble, loses, and then just squash matches for two months till he gets a real match at WrestleMania, I have no problem with that because if he comes out with the entrance and squashes people, it's like that's how you get to know him, and he looks dominant. But I just th- this is just it's so it's such a unique thing because they clearly we had all these random call ups. Like, after they kind of thin the herd on the main roster, they're, like, backfilling with, like, obviously Shotzi, Tegan, a lot of the, especially in the women's side. But Cross was just someone where it's just like, yeah, we're going to take your champion. But he's still, the, the tough part, I think, is for especially the people who watch both NXT and Raw, the disconnect between what he is on Raw versus NXT. It's like he's two different people. And it's such a hard disconnect. It's just, I think it's just... See- I think you're wrong there because I I, I, I don't think so. Have you read Twitter? No, I don't. That doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything. Nestle, here's the thing: like it's you, two different shows, it's two does, different things, yeah, but two different do, meetings. It doesn't matter. You drop somebody over here, you, you drop somebody over here. It's different. It's things. not two different, different environments. Then, then why is Reginald not two different characters on SmackDown? And That's Raw, different. That's it's a main roster. It's, not different. it's the main roster. It's not it is. No, it's not. It's not it different. is absolutely is. When, it's not different. Whenever people have come up from NXT, like they're. It's always like Kevin name, Owens was still Kevin Owens. Name, okay, so here's the thing. The more people that come up from NXT, they're, they have been more t- tinkered with than they have actually stayed as their NXT character. Almost name all the some, time. Name some. Well, you just talked about Cross. Cross has tinkered into something Okay, name different. someone else besides Cross because that's bad. Keith Lee was incredibly different. Keith Lee is the same. He was like a No, he guy wasn't. He, he cut these random yoga pro, Yoda promos that he does on Raw that he never did in NXT. He, did, he cut promos like that in NXT. I don't know about that. probably weren't watching NXT. That, maybe that's true. His promos as champion weren't great. The most people like like have come up the same. But they don't have the same the specialness only time they at all. They, they take everything they go, away. If they go away on NXT for a while and they come back four months later, maybe they change. But these people who just get called up there are still their characters. Like Rhea Ripley came up as Rhea Ripley. Yeah, but then they, of course, okay. So here's the thing: how so if there's a disconnect from NXT and, and the main roster, and they are, they, it's not a third brand thing. There is a there is a schism. There is a divide. Maybe in your mind, but you can't. You're 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 literally buying into WWE. Like we have to tell you how to think. You can't tell. No, people I'm not how saying to think. that. People are gonna think how they want, and the majority, probably eighty percent of the fan base, are looking at this and like this doesn't make sense. No. So by forcing it, it just it's it doesn't work, and it's bad television. It's here's, bad for him. Here's the hardcore truth. Nobody watched, and I'm sorry, not a lot of people watch NXT. The general audience watches Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. So mm. when you introduce a character like a Karrion Cross, like a Rhea Ripley or a Keith Lee or whatever the fuck we're going to say from NXT, you are going to have to reintroduce this character. But you're going to okay. tinker them. You're going to move the them around. You're going to do different things You're to changing them. what I said because I said the people who are watching NXT and Raw, there is a big disconnect. And that's the majority of your fan base. No, which, it is not. Yes, it, no, the majority of like the people who are like, Help they're the majority of the over. hardcore fan base, sure, but they're not the majority okay, of the general Lee, audience. Raw gets like 1.2 viewers. NXT gets 800k. That's not that much of a difference. That's that doesn't mean it's the same people. That doesn't mean it's the same people. That doesn't mean it's the same people. It's very similar. No, it, it doesn't. It's not. very close. You're telling me that they're like, oh my god, it's it's there's the a NXT huge crossover. is not the same. As, there is a huge not. crossover. You are out of your mind. No, I'm not. Okay, then just put John Cena on every show and have him be three different characters. You could. It doesn't matter. You could. Yeah, it doesn't matter in Nestle's mind because no one who watches no, NXT watches saying... Raw. It is zero. Even though there's only like a it's two thirds. No, no, no. It doesn't. Listen, listen, listen. What I'm trying to say is, this is what their mentality is. Nobody. 
nobody watches NXT is no. what they said, so they can tinker with these people. I think you up. need to listen to the intro again because you defend WWE, all the bad moves they make. Like it just this is insane. No, that, this is insane. Every week you have come on here and been like, they're doing like this carrying cross thing. You just gotta be patient. It's gonna be you good. You gotta no, be no, patient. Not, you don't have to be patient with this. This sucks. No, you this do not. This is horrible. This is poorly done. Oh my god, if the guy act, needs to just give if, him a little bit of breathing no. room for crying they out. They freaking. What do you want him to do? Be Goldberg? They stripped this guy naked. And fucking oh threw God. him out there. Goldberg, you know, like fucking Goldberg. Goldberg debuted and won fucking 300 matches in a row. Uh, that's Karrion Cross is the opposite of fucking Well, he's Goldberg. undefeated in NXT. He's more like fucking Gilberg. He's not Gilberg. He's he pretty much Gilberg. is. This I'll is, tell you this no, much. This is, okay, this is what it is, WrestleMania. You ready? This is fucking Goldberg on NXT and Gilberg on Raw, but it's the same fucking person. <laughs> no, that's what's not. happening No, right it now. is not the same this fucking person. Insane. This is a, this this is is a welcome to the big leagues, kid. This is, you have to start over and you have yeah, to learn that NXT fucking, is a different animal fucking than WWE. Fucking insane. Main roster. Fucking insane. Well, Damian Priest is undefeated in singles matches on the main roster. And he had more losses than NXT. Yeah, he did. And he's a so, different animal. He's not in hot tubs. He's not with He won a NXT. He won a fucking held the championship for a while and then he got called up immediately. He just, I'm telling you, you, are, you he's are not in so, hot tubs. He's not with women. He's doing something so completely different. Well, yeah, because he hung out with Bad Bunny and you realize I don't I, I don't need to fucking show off my ladies uh -huh. anymore because uh -huh. I fucking go on tour. Uh -huh. You sure. are fucking out of your mind. No, I'm not out of my mind. Shit, no, I'm not. You are out of your fucking listen, mind. Listen, listen. You are a big... You hey, are... everyone listening at this point, because everyone is on my side, just fucking destroy Nestle on Twitter. You can destroy me. At Nestlemania, go right ahead. The fuck up. Go and right ahead. And the account, because he has since horrible tweets on that. Fucking, you know what? You know what? He got a little what? horny last night with his Nia Jax tweets. Listen, I thought she looked nice. Guthrie and I agree. She's a little sexy with that haircut. That's all. Whatever. We really got to stop talking you about carrying across. No, I'm just saying it makes sense in different ways. Well, That's SmackDown all. had a six man tag. I know you love that. Nope. Let's move on. I don't want to talk about six man tags. That fucking stupid shit for I'm no reason. I'm um, disgusted. You're mad at me? No, I said I'm out of heat. Oh, you're out of heat. Well, it is hot in her. Anything else? We should just move on before we get very Glorious, upset. you're my only hope. All right, I teased it. Uh, so <laughs> we saw a little disconnect after uh, Ripley destroyed Naya, where her and Sh uh, Shayna were kind of got in a disagreement. So that got me thinking. It's like, well. You know what tag team never needs a reunion, but they should probably do it just because I want the name to come back. The Samoan Slaughterhouse. There's my hope. Natty's out for a while. Tamina needs a friend because no one wants to see Tamina one-on-two handicap matches where she beats tag teams. That would make me fucking throw up everywhere. So make me throw up even more by throwing in Tamina, better Tamina, in Nia Jax. Yeah, she is better. Thank Samoa, you. Thank yeah, you. Than Tamina. That's yeah. very low bar. That's, that's okay. Nobody's better than Tamina. That like. Three that three pieces of shit are better than four smelly pieces of shit. Um, well, you got it smelly, so that's different. But okay, three smelly pieces of shit are better than three and a half smelly pieces of shit. Uh, but yeah, Samoan Slaughterhouse, bring it back, just because I want them to use the Samoan Slaughterhouse again. That's my hope. Uh, JC's hopes hopefully don't come true. Hashtag <laughs> JC hopefully doesn't know on this one. <laughs> We're having a very odd day. Yeah. We're having a very odd day. Yeah, you sucking the shit out of Carrying Cross on your birthday. Yeah, that's true. You're a weirdo. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of him either, but you guys got to be patient. Anyway, my nope, hope this week, not. I'm not going to say it's any more with Karrion Cross. My hope is that specifically, this is what I want to see happen. Since they, they teased it with the doll, I want to see this happen very badly. I want Eva Marie and Dewdrop to steal Lily and start to take pin cushions and realize that there's a voodoo connection between Alexa Bliss and the doll. I think that'd be really funny. I think that would be something that they're going to end up doing because th there's nowhere else they're going to go here except the fact that Lily is going to be tormenting both of these women in general. But at least at some point, it would be nice to see Eve Marie steal the doll and figure that that connection out because I think it would lend at least a little bit layer to Lily as well as Alexa Bliss. Better hope. 
Lily's a voodoo doll for Eva Marie. She starts poking her. And we're sure, like, that's fine. Herself. Maybe, that's maybe fine. You can, you can improve that's mine. That's how you torment poor Eva. That's fine. I would, I, I, or you could make it dewdrop and then do that to dewdrop. I don't care. Something, something of that voodoo kind. Do it, please, because I think that's where you're headed, folks. That's what you got to do. You can't make hopes about a doll and expect me to like it. Well, you just improved it, whether you like it I or not. I improve it. Yeah, so you must like something about this. I mean, you like Eva, you like Dewdrop, um, you like Alexa, so, you know, maybe the doll's not that bad. Yeah, three out of four ain't bad. Yeah, that's 75%. It's true. Yeah, I do math. Which is also the amount of carryover there is from NXT to Anyway, <laughs> uh, comeback! Let's do a comeback. It's boss time! Sasha Banks is back Fucking in. shocker. I loved the way they did this, because obviously, you know, Mel and Zelina are like, I want a shot. No, I want a shot. Zelina, who's come back and lost every match she's been in, thinks she should be number one contender. That's how WWE books. She's like, oh, and 12. Uh, but... I love the way they did this because Sasha came out. They let him have their moment. She's like, oh, I'm your best friend. But you knew all night, especially when they announced the tag team match. Like, Sasha's going to be a baby face for the next hour. Then she's going to turn into the badass boss bitch again because that's what we want. That's what we need. We crave this rematch. We want it at the biggest second, alleged second biggest show. Of well, they're the teaching year. it like WrestleMania this year for sure. But yeah, the turn, it worked because they got their win. They did their thing. Um, and Bianca coming off all the momentum from last week. This is what we wanted. This is a match we wanted. I feel like. Everything for Bianca since WrestleMania has just been treading water till Sasha comes back and we get the vaunted rematch where she can assert her dominance as the face of the SmackDown women's division or lose. Who knows? But I would think that Bianca will get the win. But I thought this was exciting. This is what we've been waiting for. This was the jolt in the arm. Finally, a a big time contender for Bianca. I'm excited for the rematch because I love the first match. So, of course, the boss gets my comeback. So I just need to say something very quickly about this matchup. It's nothing against your comeback at all because obviously you love the boss. Everyone does. Uh, yeah, well, you time. specifically are always a boss honk. Boss so time. here's something that I didn't love about Bianca Belair. Two things very quickly. I think they did her dirty specifically, which was one, she should have fucking known that Sasha was going to try to do something. I would have liked to see her catch her, but I understand why they did it. They went to like the but SPC. They, yeah, they're like best no, but friends like, but, now, like, but it was just like, come on, man. Like, you're, you look, she, she just, she shouldn't be falling for this if she's a champion. By Some now. people are trusting. No, that is not the case. She should have known better, especially Bianca if she's like, girl, wholesome. and she does all this stuff. She, she is does, wholesome. Uh-uh, all that bullshit. She should have known that Sasha was going to do that fucking shit because she beat her. And she should have been like, motherfucker, I want my belt back. I know you do. I'm going to beat you the fuck up. That's what she should have done. She should have caught her and then given her the KOD. That would have been awesome. But Secondly, then Bianca would have been the heel. That doesn't really fucking matter if she goes, no, I caught you. I knew what you were going to nah. fucking do. And secondly, nah. she made her tap out not once, but twice. Babyface is tapping out one, not twice. Well, that's because she never twice. let go. I know that. Never let go. But you shouldn't have a babyface tap out because now you know what I know what I'm thinking to myself? I don't fucking care. You know when you I don't, don't no, you know care when you have about a baby face tap out when it's not in a match. You not you do not have a yes, baby face tap do. out. Get out of here. Especially someone that not, you consider the not, face of the company. Not everyone's John Cena. You do not let the face of the company tap out. Never tap out five moves, five words. Listen, I'm telling you right now, it's a bad move. It's a yeah, bad move. You're a bad move. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. Sometimes I move correctly. Other than that, not so much. But seriously, I think the tapping out of a... If you're saying she's the face of a company, face in the division with all that stuff, tapping her tap out, yes, it wasn't in a match. I get it. Just calm it's the fuck the down. Go. Relax. No, I'm just saying oh, it makes... Calm down. You don't have a baby this, face tap out. That's what I'm saying. The storyline was so well done. The only reason I didn't put in the shine is because it was in my comeback. I understand. I didn't want to cross segments. You, you want to just say more about cross. That's why you dropped a cross in there. I didn't, but thank you for yeah. bringing it up. I'm yeah. right. You're on. I'm just saying you don't have a baby face tap out. Yes, that's all do. I'm saying in general. No, you don't. It didn't count. 
She's the face of a fucking It doesn't decision. matter. You doesn't matter. She tapped out because she knows she can't lose. She like that's the time you give up because it's fucking nah. smart. You want everyone to be a dumb baby face. You want to show somebody smart. You were saying that you were upset she wasn't smart. No, she was smart enough to know I need to get out of this. So I'm at my full strength in a few weeks. I can't sit here in this move. I need those fucking useless refs to come out and try to pry her off me. But she wasn't smart enough to see that fucking thing coming. Because she's trusting. No, that's yes, dumb. You're not. You don't trust anyone, WrestleMania. I'm just saying it's dumb. I'm the whole fucking saying, thing is done. I'm just saying. I'm just. Well, I'm just saying. Give me your fucking comeback because I want to talk about it too. Because I love this. I'm switching it. So we're just not going to talk about Omos and Riddle now. No, I was going to give it to Omos. I just want to fuck. Because <laughs> I was like, that would have been at the top. No, of my I want. No, no, no. I, I give my comeback to Omos. I thought this was a great squash match. Jabber alert for Riddle. It was wonderful. They did it all masterfully. I thought he didn't do too much. He did enough. He made Riddle look good. Riddle made him look amazing. Uh, Omos is by himself without AJ. First time no ever. Net. This no is net. Omos on his own two feet for the first he did, time. He, he knew how to hit those ropes. He yep. hit him with power. He hit those moves him. of power. I love him so much. And Riddle did a great job with it too. So I think I'm giving my comeback this week to Omos because I think this was the first week. I know we make the joke without Guthrie about Aziz being whatever and whatever. But Omos. It's, by the way, it's not even close. No, it's not even fucking it's close. It's like saying that like, I don't even know what to make the comparison, but it's it's not close. No. It's One not. guy is immensely talented and is a fucking oh. a must-see thing. The other guy is just fucking... There's a reason why he has a fucking jacket on and doesn't do anything. It's true. His buttons pop off. Yeah. The thing. But no, uh, Omos did a great job. I thought this was the first time I went, wow, he's not like a giant oaf. He actually knows what so he's some of what he's doing in there. And it was quick. They protected him and they got him the fuck out of there. Which is exact because if that match had gone three to five minutes more, you would have started to see it fall apart, in my opinion. So it was perfect, 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 perfect. That is my comeback. Omos. I love him. And uh, bonus hope. I want him versus Braun next year at WrestleMania. I just, I want to see it. I want to see them stare at each other. And to put a ref in the middle, just to see how fucking small that refs look. Whatever the smallest ref you have is, put him out there with him. He'll be up to their fucking waistline. Okay, oh. you ready to get into the big finish? One, two, three, what a maneuver. What do we got? Yes. Actually, oh. I, I do have a question. Very cool. Very, this is probably the place to put it. Okay. Did you watch AW last week? Yes. Do I remember it? No, because it was before I floated in awake for four weeks. So I'll have to refresh my memory. Do you remember watching Nick Gage versus Chris Jericho? How do you feel about the pizza cutter stuff? I'm, I'm curious. So I'm just not, those matches aren't really my thing. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I, here's the thing. I think we've talked about this before, probably early in the podcast. I used to watch the show nip tuck, but you know when I shut my eye, whenever they did the nipping and the tucking, cause I just like, I don't need to see that shit. I did not. I, I, if I remember correctly, I enjoyed all of AEW except for really this. Like I get why they did it. I get like some people like it. It's not just not my thing. I just like, I don't, I don't need to see that. You do you, know? So here's my question to you. Do you? There are some people out there that believe there's no place in wrestling for something like this. No, because that's if we start drawing the line at things like that, then we're going to start drawing the line at some other weird things that they do in wrestling. Wrestling, like it's like we say, like the the E is in WWE, but it's like in wrestling in general, like it's entertainment because it's scripted fighting. Like it's so the, like there's room for all this stuff. I just, I think, I think this was the time to do it because I think it makes sense in the MJF Jericho feud. The way they did it makes sense. People saying like, MJF and Nick Gage would never be friends. Well, it doesn't fucking matter. If someone comes to you with a big wad of cash and you like hurting people and like, I give you money to hurt him, caveman go, yes, I hurt him. Like, it makes perfect sense. So fuck off, idiots. But, so, but you didn't, you didn't, you didn't I don't, get bothered by it. It's not my it. cup of tea. But I, I, if it, if a lot of people seem to like it if you're into that stuff. Like, it's just like when like, I love Moxley. But some of the shit he does is just like, I don't need to watch that either, even though he's, I love that guy. Just okay. No, I'm just curious because for me, I actually, 
I think there's a time and a place for it if you do it too much. If it's yeah. like the only thing you AEW do, AEW is starting to do it a little too much. I think when you do it too much and you you that's your bread and butter all the time. Like there are certain specific promotions that do it all the time. Yeah. I think it loses its specialness in a lot of ways, in my opinion. But that maybe that's all that you want. I don't know. People will work over the money to see just strictly those kind of matches, yeah. and that's fine. But for me, I think it makes it a lot better when you space them out and like and, you know Nick Gage is hopefully a one off in AEW because if he's there every week. I don't know if people are going to want to watch that. I mean, Pizza Hut apparently pulled out of the sponsorship. That was the joke going on. And Domino said they'd probably take over. Who knows? But it's just, it's, it, it's tough because the pizza cutter thing was, I think, the hard part for everybody. I don't know why. The yeah. glass plane didn't really, for me, I, for me, here's the thing. I've had a lot of friends do the, um, the light bulbs, which I think is the worst kind of thing in the world. I mean, it, there's mercury in it. There's just so many different things, but like it makes a good kaboom. Yeah. It makes a good sound. It looks cool. But like, at what point are you going to put yourself into danger and that your, your health, you know, you're, you're taking months, years, days, whatever off of your life. Shit's dangerous enough. I opinion. just want people to be, I, here's the thing. If you're going to do it, that's fine. I just want you to come out of it. Okay. That's really when I watch it, I go, just come out. Okay. Because I care about the person that's going through that shit. That's, that's meanwhile, you know, you should go back to your families and be okay. But I get it. There's a lot of people that love it. So I just wanted to get, talk about it very quickly. Yeah. Well, this week on AEW. I have we everything. You have, have a big match. And th this is the difference. Malachi Black has what? Been in AW for a month now? Guess how many times he's fought? Meadow. Because Zeta. they're trying to make it a big deal. Because the reason why AEW and NXT TV matches feel so much better is because they actually build them up. Like, we haven't seen Cody wrestle in a while either. So, like, it's one of those things. It's like Cody, Malachi Black. Like, I'm fucking hyped for this. Like, I want to see how they... What happens in this? I think they're gonna let these these guys are gonna go. Um, I'm assuming it'll be the main event because this is a big deal, and they're they're gonna at least attempt to make Malachi Black a big deal. But so did WWE, and then it didn't get there. So we'll see if it's the same. But and you know I'm a Cody Mark, so I'm pumped for this. Why? Because he's the fucking man. There also would be no AEW without Cody and Chris Jericho. Okay, wouldn't exist. So what? Yeah, I'm just saying. They're the goats. So the, I, don't know, I don't know if you caught this on Twitter, but there was a great video. It might be on all, all social medias, but it's Chael Sonnen talking, like prepping for this matchup, Shut like as analysts. But he was he did he did a really good heel job. He was like, "There's a guy." He, they're asking me who's gonna have this match, like who's gonna win this match. He looked at he just looked at the camera. He goes, "There's one guy who's an actual fighter. There's another guy who shouldn't even be wrestling." And he just like he tear like he just keeps making the comparison. And he goes, "So who do you think is gonna win?" Come on, there's only one answer. And he thought that the thing had stopped rolling and he picked up the phone because he got a phone call. He goes, "Hey Tommy," and he started talking to Malachi yeah. Black. I thought it was hysterical. So. Obviously, I think Malachi needs this because Cody needs to go away for a little bit anyway, apparently. so uh, Didn't just have a kid? Yeah. So Either that, and I'm sure he's got to shoot other things. I think they said that game show he's on as well. He's also injured, I believe. He's been injured for a while, but he's Cody, so he's the go. Whatever it is, what it is. But I'm excited on. for it. I think this is the most must-see thing of the week, period, in wrestling. I don't know. For me, must-see might be Jericho versus Juventud Guerrera, third stage oh, of the year. That's the thing I yes. couldn't find. That's also I got them all in here, yeah. by the way. I yeah. found it. That's oh. for me. As a kid growing up, I loved Hoovy. He was my second favorite behind Rey Mysterio. Hoovy! Hoovy! Do you think it's going to be an actual match or more of just like a showman thing? Because uh, Hoovy can go. Yeah, still? Yeah, Hoovy's really no good. Jericho can. The G. Did what? <laughs> no, Jericho no, no Jericho can. But if he's got to do a top rope maneuver, I don't also, know what that's like going to do. Is even going to be able to stand by the time he fights MJF? Like, he, if he, he's the oldest man on the roster who can barely move. Like, let's send you through trials. He's either going to he's either going to do a top rope moonsault or a top rope drop kick. I'm banking on the drop kick because it probably. Seems... I am excited to see it because that that is the cool thing about a lot of this thing with MJF is just like the unexpected thing and like the callbacks to certain things. I just. It's just so well thought out and done. And that's it's just, I don't know. It's cool. 
It's it, nice when people have more to say when well, what they're doing. Because you can tell, yeah, there's they definitely like WWE have a lot of like talented producers and people bring it together, but you also like get the impact from the performers. So they're bought into what they're doing. Like right. you can tell, like when something like you come up with or is partially your idea, like it's just it's naturally to be more into it. And when you have more little creative freedom, like that's how I am. I kind of work with certain things. Like when I get a little more, like it, it feel, you know, it's those are kind of why you do it. So I think AEW has a pretty good formula right now. We'll see if it lasts. But for me, I'm so pumped because my guy, Miro, is defending against the TNT title against my guy, Lee Johnson, who every time I see this guy, I just like him. He's fun. So I'm excited to see Miro kick the living shit out of him because I fucking love Miro. I just love him. He's always going to be one of my favorites. And I love that he never loses. And you're also bearing the lead is apparently Tony Schiavone is going to get an apology from your buddy QT Marshall from dumping a protein buddy, drink on him. Who's buddy QT Marshall? Your buddy. I can't think of anyone more boring Q-tip, than Q-Tip, whatever his Q-T fucking Marshall. name is. Who it's is, funny. Who in AEW is more boring than QT Marshall? Well, I can think of plenty of people. Who? Because I can't. Really? Yeah. Who's worse? QT Marshall's the worst. Let me go through the... Well, maybe you're right. Does anybody know. care about QT Marshall? No. First of all, his name is QT. And Q-tip. second of all, it's like, who the fuck is he? Third of all, he's not good. Isn't it interesting that his name is QT, like Q-Tip, but he has no hair on his head? It's just odd. When I look at him, I'm thinking... Yeah, you stick that in here, you're going to fucking bleed. Exactly. Maybe that's his strength. Maybe. I don't know. When everybody else has got the Cody's, I don't know. They just kind of get on TV. Cody just gives everybody a fucking AEW chance. does a good job because they have such a massive roster. And like even people, like they won't go well, on TV for three weeks, but they feel special. Again, like they got a great formula with Dark and Padding Record. Like they just... They're, they do a really, it's a really nice job. It's actually quite amazing. All right, well, now, that you got, them, now that you've got, you know, all that out of your mouth. Don't suck in AEW's dick. We're going to go to NXT, Thank which you. I also really enjoy. Um, the uh, the lead this week is the love her or leave her match between Dexter Loomis and Johnny Gargano, um, where if Loomis wins, he loves her. But if he loses, he has to leave her. And uh, Index is something very near and dear to all our hearts. Um, Indy Hartwell's. Amazing, by the way. Talent. She's one of the more underrated performers, I think, on NXT. And the way is just so good in general. Like, the, the chemistry those four got, the second they put them together has been so good. And Loomis being mixed in. This has been one of the more fun things the past six months to a year, however it's been. Um, and this certainly feels like it could be the beginning of a conclusion for this lawn arcing storyline. Oh, my God. NXT's lawn arcing storylines. They do it better than anyone. I'm excited for it, Nestle. But are you curious to see what they do with uh, Austin Theory? Because he kind of like... That left. is another part of the storyline. Yeah. And I'm also... Because like I've said, and I'm my boy Guthrie on Twitter agrees with me, Austin Theory, every time I'm on TV, he's a lot of fun. Yeah. He's, it's just like... You know, he showed up in NXT. He was like, okay, who's this generic looking young kid? Clearly talented. They call him up to Raw. Heyman tries to get him over. And then Heyman loses it. And they get rid of all the Heyman guys. But then Johnny Gargano was like, give me this fucking 23-year-old who like literally like... He has the look. He has the ability. He just doesn't know how to use his charisma. Let me teach him. And he's taught him. And it's just like, I'm ready to watch this kid grow even more. But yeah, just every, like I said, everything about the way has been fucking amazing. Yeah. It, it, Shout I out TJ for sucking Gargano's dick before the rest of us. Make room, baby. Scoot over. How do you, no, never mind. I'm not even going to ask that question. Uh, so what else is on NXT? Anything specific? Uh, a lot of the like virgins are really excited for this one. I could give two fucks. Bobby Fish versus Roderick Strong in a lover or lever match. No, in a um, let's try to have charisma match. Yes, that's gonna be a zero. But no, it'll be probably be a great wrestling match. They're both incredible wrestlers. They just have zero charisma. So I just I don't know. Not my cup of tea. Eh. Yeah, that's what it is. I feel the same way. People are like, how is it not a takeover? It's because if you put Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong in a poster against each other, they're gonna be like. Is that a dark match? Sorry, no offense. They're immensely talented. It's a collective wet part. It is. It's literally like you took the two worst parts of Undisputed Air and you're having them feud. 
And then we have a six-man tag between Hit Row, the best thing in NXT, versus Legato Del Fantasma, the worst thing on NXT. Probably not, but close. Yeah, I don't care about the six-man tags, let alone anything else. I just care about Hit Row every time. I just want to see what Cameron Grimes is going to do next. Yeah, that golf, they, they, segment, was that golf segment was fun, and yeah. it was one of like we loved threaded throughout the night. Yeah. Like we loved that shit. Um, we haven't had something like that in a while. Remember how much the Viking Street Profit shit was for so long? <laughs> that guy was giving me shades of that, where it's yeah. just like keep doing these mini segments, like milk that cow until it's done, and then eventually he'll win. Sorry, your hand gesture. Was I was going to say milk the tit, but I was trying to change it to milk the cow to make it more appropriate. But now you got me to say milk the tit. There you go. You said it twice. All right. Yeah. Anything else? Are we good to go? You blow your load. You're good. I think the cow is dry. It's got to go ferment more. You milk. Anyway, okay, that's pretty much it. Obviously, he needs to socialize, but he's probably thinking, nah, whatever, what's fine. Uh, Jobbernocker.com. You have to check out our website because there was a lot of phenomenal shit. Our boy Dom, double duty with Impact and NXT. Our boy, the Joe Stopper, will be back this week, I believe, right, on AEW. Yes. Um, I, their stuff, some of the best in the business, guys. Like, I read that shit, too. I, I immediately, like, I try to avoid their articles before I watch, but sometimes I read them before I watch because I do such a nice job. But I always, whether you watch or not, it is a must-read, as well as all our other stuff up there, predictions. We Again, we might have a little more coverage coming soon, a little tease there. But uh, you should also go to tpublic.com slash Jabberknocker. You're wearing the shirt that I'm going to buy soon, the JKP Jabberknocker podcast shirt. There's so many super hot fire designs, including that one. But uh, pick it up. There's all types of different shit you can buy, and we appreciate it. Twitter, at Jobbernocker, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All the Twitter handles of the boys are in the description of the podcast. Follow, tweet at us, twat at us, do it all at us. On that note, we appreciate you listening to the Jobbernocker, and we'll be back next week with more Jobbernockery. <laughs>